A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Catherine Ryan. And here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Well now, an exploration of the simple shifts that are possible for parents in order to feel happier in their day-to-day family lives. Not by doing more, but by doing things a little bit differently. Our guest is the former lead editor of the New York Times Motherload blog, KJ Delantonia. Over the years, she's asked and answered many questions about parenting, but she says she was most intrigued by this one. Why isn't it any fun? So, drawing from the latest research and interviews with families, she wrote a book about it called How to Be a Happier Parent. She's here with some advice on how to make family life uh, with a refuge and pleasure and what we can change and what can get in the way of that change. KJ, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I think we're speaking to you from one of your son's last hockey games. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, things got a little uh, haywire, so I'm I'm still in my home office, but I'm hoping to make it to the uh, yeah to the to the third period. Probably. You see, now I'm feeling guilty already. Is that a good place to start? Oh, no, and I don't. I see plenty of hockey games. Um, I'll I'll be watching multiples this weekend, so it's all good. Good That's for one you. way to be happier. You don't have to go to every game. Good for <laughs> you. Let's begin by by challenging guilt. You've got uh, four children yourself, as, as I've alluded to, and you've had this experience of the interaction with readers over all these years. How common was that question? I'm simply not enjoying this. Why not? Well, it just seemed to be pervasive. Um, When I took over the Motherload blog at the New York Times in in 2012, um, I, you know, began reading. I I was reading essays. I was reading research studies. I was was on top of um, all the different uh, pieces of policy and, and everything that was sort of happening out there. And what I was just feeling was this pervasive sense that we were all feeling like, this parenting thing was such a slog. And I am not, um, I'm not excluding myself from that. I was right in the middle of it. I, I do have four kids and every day we would just get up and sort of put our skates on and, and start frantically trying to, you know, get our full-time jobs and our kids and uh, their school and to all their many, many activities. And it just, it just felt so stressful. And I, I, I just wanted to explore you know, why were we, I didn't remember my own parents feeling that way. And I wanted to ask us, ask why were we feeling that way? And most importantly, um, how could we make it stop? Is expectation a big factor? Do people come in with rose-tinted glasses sometimes despite, you know, despite the way people um, share things? Do we still need to start thinking it's going to be something that it's probably not going to be? Well, there is some interesting research out there that suggests that parents who um, had really high expectations of family life and of how what kind of parent they would be are the ones that are most likely to suffer from real and, and true burnout, which is a little bit different from being actually unhappier. But um, so the answer is yes, when we have high expectations of ourselves 
and what the experience will be like and that every moment will be, you know, um, rainbows with unicorns leaping over them, then we are more likely to feel not just um, stressed when things are stressful, but unhappy about it as well. Which stage of parenting was this was this most common? Was there an age or a stage where um, children were getting to where this became particularly prominent? I wouldn't say that there's a particular age where it's prominent. What it really I found is that the ways that parents, the ways that happier parents interacted with their children varied from age to age. So if you have Younger children, parents of younger children who describe themselves as happier um, or more satisfied with their parenting life, feeling pretty good at it, which is how academics measure parental happiness, they tend to be a little more involved. They're, uh, you know, more in it on a day to day basis, spending a little more time with their kids, uh, you know, taking uh, just uh, they're, they're sort of down on their hands and knees a little bit more. But as children get older, Parents who describe themselves as happier report being uh, less involved, encouraging their kids to do things on their own that they can do. So, for example, they might take more of a backseat for homework. Um, they might, you know, ask their kids to make more of their own arrangements or expect more of them in the way of chores. Let's look at your 10 mantras for happy parents. You get into that quite earlier in the book, uh, quite early in the book. What are some of the straight out, um, tried and tested lessons you've learned from this? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, one that I am have been particularly reliant on of late, my kids are 12, 13, 14, and 17. And one of the things that I have learned over the years is that um, – I don't have to go in there. That's a little, it's a, it's an, it's an, an inside family joke, meaning one of our kids used to have temper tantrums in her closet regularly. And we would look at each other and say, are you going in there? I'm not going in there. And, and I, I realized eventually that I didn't have to go in there in a much larger sense that when your child is really, um, you know, losing her squash about something, whether it's something really quite serious or something kind of minor, you don't have to emotionally go in there with the child. Um, and it's actually better for both of you if you don't. So you can, it's another It's another mantra, I guess a couple of them come up here, but you can be happier when your child is not, odd as that sounds. And it's, um, it's better for you because you can get some emotional distance from whatever's happening. And it's really better for them not to feel like, in addition to being responsible for their own moods and happiness, they're also responsible for ours. That's very wise words. It's sometimes easier said than, than done. I mean, one oh, trick much. sometimes. Yes, when the, when... I make it sound like I'm... <laughs> of course. <laughs> One trick. Some... I do. I totally make it sound like this is easy, and it's not. <laughs> Sometimes, when something spectacular is happening, um, that often does. You know, the sort of the adolescent or the the teenage scream fest is happening, or the kids are screaming with each other. I mean, there's no harm in having a quiet snigger at it, really, is it? It's life. It's just perhaps no, not in a way that's going to make them worse, but just laugh. But yes. Yeah. Because it's often really kind of funny, and also kind of joyful. I mean, you know, there you are, and, and there are these kids that presumably you wanted very much, and they're being supremely annoying at whatever they're doing, or they're, you know, stomping around emptying the dishwasher as loudly as any human being could possibly do it, and you're just, you know, 
chuckling to yourself and and just noting that actually this is not really a bad this is, these are not bad times these times with these annoying children Every, everything is operating as it should perhaps except the dishwasher a lie yeah. to a lie to that if you see something don't always say something this can be a challenge isn't it that need to either resolve or commentate on what you've observed Yes, and that's another one I really wrestle with. And here's an interesting sort of side of it, which is that often you find that you're um, you're harping at one child in particular frequently. Like there's there's and then it at least in our family it switches from child to child. But I will often realize that you know all of my interactions with a particular child on a particular day have been of the you know. Put your shoes away. Pick up the towel. You didn't put your backpack in the cubby. We're late. You're making us, you know, have been of that variety. And when you start to feel that, that's an especially great time to start saying, okay, I see it, but this time I'm not going to say it. You know, is it is it annoying that, you know, same same scenario, child emptying the dishwasher while muttering under their breath about, uh, you know, how uh, horrible it all is that they have to empty the dishwasher. You don't You don't have to say anything. That's okay. They can do that. It's all good. What you want now isn't always what you want later. <laughs> this is interesting too because this is kind of the inverse. This is where if you don't make the effort now, you may end up paying the price. That's right. And this is this is also a hard one. Um, and it's true in so many areas. Let me tell you what would be super easy. So like, say you have a second grader, it would be super easy for you to just help her unpack her homework. You know, do that math for her. This is no problem. Or, or just sit down and just make sure that it's all right. And then get it tucked back up in the backpack and all ready to go tomorrow. And, and you know, pack up her lunch and get out what she's going to wear tomorrow. And just, you know, you can make sure that everything goes super smoothly for you and that child. But... The result is a child who, you know, isn't necessarily doing their own addition, doesn't know how to pack up their backpack, hasn't felt what it would be like if they get to school and they didn't bring back their homework, uh, you know, can't pick up their own outfit, can't make their own lunch. And that just it just kind of it keeps going. Um, you know, we don't we don't want to raise the child that's had everything done for them all of their life. We don't even want to raise the child who's been happy every minute. So as hard as it is. Um, you know, the things that would make your life easier now are often just, they're, they're not what you want in the long run. Which brings us to another of the key points, decide what to do, then do it. The second <laughs> guessing, the overthinking, the weighing up, if I say yes to this, can I say no to that? Is what you're suggesting here, sometimes just decisively saying what's going to happen is actually enough for the child. They'll probably continue arguing the toss and comparing. But that decision and sticking by it's what counts. Yeah, and so that, that applies in a couple of ways. I mean, if you're the kind of parent who says things, and I am, like, if you don't put your shoes on right this minute, we're not going to the park, and they don't put their shoes on, guess what? You're not going to the park. So, um, you know, doing what, standing by what you said is part of it. And then just, you know, making a decision. When your child says, um, you know, uh, can I do such and such, Give them an answer and don't second guess it. Don't let whining change your mind. Um, and if you get it wrong, well, you'll probably get another chance tomorrow. It's not It's not a big deal. That's another mantra. You're not even supposed to get this right every time. So as a parent, just making the adult decision and then 
hey, just getting on with whatever comes next is really is really useful. You it's useful do, in the rest of life too. Sure. Oh. You do you, I think, is important. And this happens, and it can happen at various phases of parenting, where you're looking across at what friends are doing or so-and-so down the road is doing, and you feel we need to be matching this. Someone else is dictating what you yeah. think your competence level is. Does this cause a lot of or unhappiness? Or you want to. It does. I mean, this is, it gets to the, the social media question often as well, where, you know, you look over, um, I was recently at a party and don't get the idea that I go to parties like this all the, this was the first time this has ever happened, but we're at this party and my family is there and there are a couple of other families there and the, the hostess of the party um, produces her guitar and her daughter who's a, a senior in high school, produces her guitar. And they lead us all in a lovely sing-along with the two of them who have beautiful voices and, and you know, are playing the guitar. And, you know, you just look at them and you think to yourself, I want to be the mother who plays guitar with my child. And I actually turned to my son and I was like, I really wish that we could do that, except neither of us wants to learn to play the guitar. And he was like, yeah. So that's important. Um, you know, that family... That's been a huge value for them their whole life. But they don't necessarily um, bake cupcakes every Tuesday. They don't necessarily play board games. I mean, I'm not saying I do those things either. But everybody does something cool. And you probably aren't even aware of what it is that you do. You know, maybe you're cooking a meal with your kids every night. Uh, maybe you're constantly telling invented bedtime stories or you're still reading aloud to kids that are older. Everybody's got a cool thing, but we can't all be raising our kids on a sailboat in the Pacific. Which is interesting because you also say revel in the ordinary. And I think that comes back to sniggering um, quietly at the norm, <laughs> at the normality of of behaviour, but but reveling in the ordinary, <clears throat> perhaps that's one of the reasons. Again, coming back to the expectations, the expectations that <clears throat> all these extraordinary experiences are going to be. Family life, in many ways, is about the ordinary and appreciating it. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. You got to take the time to soak in the really good, ordinary, boring moments. Um, it's a great, this is actually something that I got from a, a lovely neuropsychologist that I um, interviewed. And it actually, I mean, it's, it's great to, to, to just do it in the moment. It feels good to think about how good things are. But even more importantly, it trains your brain to look around at the good things instead of frantically searching for something that it can worry about. I mean, we're all familiar with that tendency of our minds to go straight to the worst possible outcome. Or, you know, if you're laying in bed and you're awake at night, you, you just start down that road of, you know, what if this happens and, and what if that happens? There's a, a great saying, and I, I've, I've heard it attributed to many, many people, but basically it amounts to, you know, I have lived a thousand tragedies, most of which never happened. And we do that to ourselves. So if we can remind our brains just to appreciate when things are good, first of all, we can keep ourselves from going down those those roads when we don't have to. But uh, we also get a little protection from the for the moments when things aren't good. Um, and you know that's going to happen. I mean, that happens to all of us. Everyone gets that phone call where all you really want is for your biggest problem to be the fact that your toddlers are squabbling in the back side of the seat of the car. 
That's a that's a very valid point. I, I think the other thing is, and it comes back yet again to expectations. It's hard. It's testing. It requires sacrifice. It means you can't always do the things that you wanted to do before you had kids. And you know, is that perspective that that this is part of the whole package? Something people need to get them need need to get themselves to. Yeah, it's easier if you accept the ways that you're, you know, things are going to be different, that things are going to be challenging, that you're not going to be able to, um, you know, do everything that you want at the minute that you wanted to, which maybe you could as a a young childless adult, and, and maybe you couldn't. But it's also really important to note that we are in a moment in Western culture where we tend to assume it's going to be even harder that it has to be even harder than it necessarily does. We we are in a really huge overparenting moment. So some of the time we're making sacrifices that we you know don't need to be making. I mean, you you mentioned uh, feeling bad at the beginning of this that I was missing my son's hockey game, and I do feel a little bad because it's it's the last of, of. I mean, I don't because I'm going to see part of it, but it's the last of of them, and I, I will get there. My point is. I don't have to be at every game. I have not been at every game. I don't feel one bit bad about not having been to every game. Sometimes you know, when I am at those little peewee uh, hockey games or with my younger kids, I'm there, sure. But if you look closely, I have earbuds in my ears. I'm listening to a podcast, and I'm knitting because that's what I like to do. I used to read, but people definitely gave me the side eye for that one. Um, you know, do your own thing some of the time. We don't have to give up everything. For these kids, we got to give up some and, you know, uh, doing that with with grace and pleasure because it's what we wanted. That makes us happier. But keeping our own lives and our own selves going, even when our kids have things, you know, that they might prefer that we were doing, that makes us happier, too. It's interesting we started with guilt. Perhaps that's where we should end as well. Like, drop it. (laughs) Thank you. KJ D'Antoni, the book is How to Be a Happier Parent. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 